Welcome to the Self-Care Spotlight, presented and inspired by The Journal Deck, a product and brand rooted in self-care and living your truth. Hi, I'm Melissa Cousins, your host and The Journal Deck creator. On this podcast, I'm inviting you to a lifestyle, a way of being, where self-care has nothing to do with being selfish. In fact, we believe that we can give more to others when we give first to ourselves. On the self-care spotlight, it's not just about bubble baths and massages, but getting to the heart of what it really means to live your most aligned life against the backdrop of everyday life. Through my solo episodes and interviews with inspiring women who are just as likely to meditate as they are to curse. The goal of this podcast is to empower you to unapologetically make space for you to live your best life. And remember, self-care can change the world by changing yours first. Are you ready? Grief never ends, but it changes. It's a passage, not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness, nor a lack of faith. It is the price of love. Author Unknown Hello again. So today is a special but bittersweet episode. I brought my husband, Brad, onto the show to talk about the recent loss of our three-and-a-half-year-old black golden doodle, Luna. She passed at the beginning of March, and despite the fact that I had a completely different show in mind for April, I am going to save that interview that was a lovely interview. I'm going to save that for May because as I share in the show with Brad, I knew immediately that I wanted to share this process. I wanted to share this part of self-care, which is the grieving process, which is grief. Now, why talk about something so personal? Well, to be frank, I'm a firm believer that self-care and soul practices are for when life isn't going your way, for when things are really hard. That's when you'll really have to call on your self-care practice more than ever. And if you don't have one, I believe you will suffer unnecessarily longer. So it's like self-care is insurance for those times when shit hits the fan. So grief, sadness, anger, guilt, fear, joy, gratitude, love. This is all life. And I think you'll really appreciate that by the end of this special Luna episode. And I think you may just have a deeper belief in each of us, even a dog, having a purpose with a capital P. 
I deeply believe now that Luna's purpose in this life was to show us joy and bring Brad and I together. You see, my husband wanted to get Luna when him and I were on the fritz. Something I've talked a lot about on this podcast is the destruction of our relationship as it was. And this was in 2015. And he thought that a puppy could hold us together. And while she could never do that, she could bring us together. And that's exactly what she did. We came together in August 2016 to celebrate her first birthday after having not spoken in months. So while Luna couldn't hold us together, she did bring us back together. And now that we got married in June 2000, excuse me, in July 2018, I think her life's purpose was met and it was her time therefore to go to leave this life as you'll hear about in the podcast I'm struggling and really working to slowly soften and accept the loss of her physical presence not her spirit presence but her physical presence You'll hear today about grief as self-care, grief comparison, Luna's magical life path story, including all the signs, because you guys know I am a big believer in signs, how Brad and I are individually grieving. We'll share about her animal medium reading that we did. And finally, I'll finish with the biggest life lesson that Luna gave me. But before we start the show with Brad, I truly want to take a moment here to send a massive, and I mean massive, thank you. If I could hug each and every one of you who reached out from the time we announced that Luna was sick back in January of 2019, we have just gotten a wave of support and prayers and people saying that they want to send her Reiki energy and can I light a candle for Luna and I'm holding her in my prayers and I'm having her in my meditations and sending us light and love and healing. I mean, we were really overwhelmed. We've been overwhelmed in the best way possible. And I truly believe that all of that love that you guys sent our way, all of that healing and all of that light, I believe in the power of prayer and intention and community and energy. And I believe that all of that kept Luna with us longer. You know, she was supposed to, according to her prognosis, they told us maybe days and she lasted nearly a month and a half and really blew that prognosis out of the water. And I believe that it was because of all of this good energy that she was able to stay with us longer, that we were able to have more time to come to accept her inevitable passing and then get all gave us more time with her and her more time with us so I just want to say um honestly thank you so much I mean it was so amazing see I was all talking about how I wasn't gonna cry and I didn't during the interview with Brad but you guys were so amazing for those of you 
that I don't even know, that I've never met. You guys, I felt that love. Brad felt the love. Our family felt that. And I thank you for helping to extend her time with us. And I'm sending you all a massive air hug. I hope that you love this episode. I hope that it speaks to a special place in your heart, especially if you love animals. Especially my dog people. <laughs> just to, I hope it just speaks to you and your, your compassionate hearts that I know that you all have. Your empathetic hearts. And I hope that you see how... Uh, I hope that you can just absorb all these lessons that we've learned from her and her passing in this process and her life, all the lessons of her life, not just of her death, but the lessons of her life. With all of that being said, let's go ahead and get into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight. I am joined here today by my husband, Brad. So with that, Brad, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. So, okay, we are listening to this. Well, you guys are listening to this in the month of April. We are recording this at the tail end of March. And this is, you know, there's obviously a reason. There's always a reason that I bring you on. Um, <laughs> before you were on because it was wedding reflections. Uh, we also did a podcast right before our wedding. So you're always on for a very big like life thing, I feel like. You're never on here for small reasons, it seems, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> you you only... don't want to just bring me around for my company? <laughs> yeah, you're here for big things. <laughs> so I'll say, unfortunately, um, the reason that we're here today is because I really felt compelled that I wanted to do a podcast about the loss of of our dog Luna and I've been really open about that and you've also shared about that openly on your social media and I think anyone that knows us even remotely knows that we lost our a three and a half year old golden doodle on March 6th, 2019. And, you know, we'll definitely talk about more details of of how we lost her and all those things. But we did lose her to kidney disease um, from something called Lyme nephritis. And, and, you know, we'll we'll talk about that. From what we believe. What we believe. What the doctors. a hard thing to diagnose, but. We'll get into that. Um, Just especially for the dog people out there who were like, you know, well, what is that? Is that Lyme? And, you know, We'll talk about that as much as we 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 know and 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 try to um, illuminate some of her, that part of the story for you guys. But um, we're gonna do our best to keep it together. Keep it together, <laughs> I, you know. And I can't say that I won't tear up um, because I've been really really emotional, and it's something that was a part of the reason I I even wanted to do this podcast, this show specifically. Um, this has hit me really hard, harder than I ever thought it would. She, you know, we've had her since she was eight weeks old. She was a black golden doodle. 
and she passed when she was three and a half and she was just we really realized how much she was the center of our lives and when she passed I knew immediately honestly hon I knew immediately I wanted to do something to talk to her I wanted to talk about her and I I think I told you pretty quickly I said didn't I tell you pretty quickly I said I want to do a show about this yeah I think it was probably pretty pretty quick pretty quick after um I don't think so much in the sense of like, oh, this is a great opportunity no. to talk about something like this. But, you know, I think Real. you tend to be the type of person that wants to uh, talk through their feelings, you know, True. in some cases. I think a lot of women feel that, though. That's so, a lot of women. Yeah, I think it was an opportunity. I think you've done this enough time that it feels kind of cathartic, yeah, you know, to, to get it out and, mm-hmm. and go Absolutely. through that process. So, And I knew that it was very real because how many people have lost a pet? Or yeah, an extension sure. of that, just lost a loved one, a friend, or anyone, a grandparent, yeah. um, a, gosh, a child. Like, you know, so many, we, we all have most likely at some point in our lives dealt with loss. This is about this particular loss of, of, a, of a pet who felt like, honestly, like our child. Um, we got her together and everything. What but... do you mean like our child? <laughs> she was our child, <laughs> for sure. If you're a dog parent, then you know that they are your children. Um, dog dad, dog mom, like you get it. And um, I knew immediately when she passed, I said, I told him, I said, I really want to do a show about this. I want to talk about grief. And I think it's really important to talk about because you guys know on the self-care spotlight that I never just, I always say, you know, it's not about rainbows and butterflies. I, I, I start the podcast with the intro that says self-care is not just about bubble baths and massages. Like I say it in our intro and I, it's because I mean it. Like mm-hmm. that's not what self-care is, you know, really about to me. It's so much deeper. Yes, it is those things, but it's so much deeper. So for this podcast, the reason I wanted to do it is because I wanted to talk about grief as self-care. And I just had this thought of, why don't we talk about grief? And I thought, I know that doesn't sound like grief as self-care. That that sounds maybe even confusing. Like, how are those the same? Like, how could grief possibly be self-care? But I feel like we we always want to talk about the happy things, you know, that's easier. Yeah, sure, sure. Let's talk about the weather, you know. <laughs> Let's talk about anything but, like, the really hard stuff. Mm-hmm. But grief is a huge part of your self-care tools when you are hurting. Just as much as meditation or prayer or yoga or going to see a therapist or talking things out – you know, to me, grief is as much a part of your self-care toolkit when you are hurting. You have to allow space for your grief, in my opinion, or I think it can like swallow you or it can become a ticking time bomb that's just going to go off when you least expect it because you're not dealing with it. So really ignoring it or squashing it down or like hurrying through the process of grief, which we're going to talk a little bit about that whole timeline of grief more towards the end, um, that that's not self-care and that it's not going to help you move through your process of healing through a loss and that I think it will honestly just do more damage and it's going to take you a lot longer to heal if you don't go through the grieving process. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, definitely because... I think when you kind of exude that 
energy of like, oh, well, you know, I've gotten past this and it didn't take me long at all. But in, in reality, you haven't really given yourself the time to get through it. You've just been kind of pushing those feelings to the side or burying them under other things. Like, I don't want to think about it. It was something that was so difficult that, uh, you know, it kind of manifests into something a lot bigger and it could be a lot later too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, true. You kind of hold it longer and longer yeah. and longer until you can't. Um, and then that's the bomb that goes yeah, off. Yeah, sure. I think I'm probably guilty of that more than you. I where you like to talk about your feelings and you get them out. And I'm, I feel exhausted by that sometimes, you know, it, because it's, it's hard. Um, I think my family probably knows that more than anybody. You, too. Mm-hmm. Just like... I'm fine. <laughs> you know, that, that kind fine, of attitude. Yeah, freaked yeah. out, insecure, neurotic, sure, emotional. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very keep the ship sailing kind of person, mm, you know. Yeah. And uh, keep it together. Keep it together. It'll be good. Well, you know, I'm dying inside, but we're fine. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And and uh, we guys, we can only really like have any like joking. Matt, it's not that this is a funny topic to no, talk about death. No. And of course, we are utterly heartbroken. That's like. An understatement. Sure, sure. I'm wearing socks right now that have Luna's face on them that uh, my friend have, uh, gave to me. I don't have mine me. on. <laughs> my, my shirt says dogs. Yeah, your dog. Your shirt says I got this for you. Dogs and fitness, fitness and tacos and guac. Yeah, we're dog people. Like this is this sure. was heartbreaking. Yeah, and it's definitely but, not a, a joking. No, but we have I think thing. gotten to the point now. That was March 6th. Today is March 23rd. We're recording this, and we've it, you know. It's not quite been a month, but we have sure. enough of that space where the funny thing, I don't want to say funny, but the thing about life is that life goes on even when death happens. Even when everything can feel like it's fallen apart. Yeah. Life goes on and like you have to go on. Like you can't, otherwise you're stuck and otherwise you're not doing, that's not really fully grieving either. Like to me, that's also not, like if you're just like, I refuse to go on with the world. Yeah, that's sure. not really moving through grief either. There's that's just grief. You're not moving through it, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, you're just stuck in yeah. it. You're not moving through it. You're just stuck in it, and that's not also that's also not conducive to healing. Just as much as ignoring it isn't conducive. You can't really s- just sit in it for like forever. Yeah, but you also can't ignore it or pretend it's not there. I think you have to really move through it. People say that a lot about grief, like mm. move through grief. Because I think it's like waves. At least that's how it feels for me. It's like one minute I'm okay, and then you know, you know, I've been like this. The next minute it's like, whew, yeah, it hits sure. me so hard, and I cry. Yeah, and I, I just, it just happens. I think when you're grieving with somebody else too, um, I think you, be, it becomes clear that there isn't a defined timeline in that grief. Yeah, you know, where you see somebody walking that line next to you and it's not a race to the finish line where the finish line is like oh you're not grieving anymore you're over it you know or, or whatever you you see that person go through these laws where they're running a little faster than you are and then they're going a little slower and sometimes they're beside you sometimes you need to go back to them and say hey how can i help you and you know you're not i'm i'm having a good day yeah but you don't seem like you're having such a good day i think we encountered that you know like one morning you were really struggling yeah. Right, right after it had happened. Oh, I, I woke you know? up crying the, yeah. the next morning. Yeah, I mean, I literally course. opened my eyes and I was crying. Yeah, and, you know, two days later or whatever, it ended up being a Friday. I think it was a Friday. It would have been two days later. It was, you know, one of those moments where it's like, you're not hurting any more than I am, but I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. I, I have and to, I work I, from home. I have to go, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's not I'm saying you can't be crying right now or you can't be upset or you can't be grieving, which, which of course you can. Um but 
And you're life, grieving too. Yeah, I am too. But but in my life, quote unquote, my quote unquote life, uh, I have work at you know seven thirty eight a.m. and I gotta go and it the world doesn't stop you know and you have Which to feels you, i have to grieve in my own way in that moment i can't grieve the way you're grieving because right. i can't go into the office you know wiping tears out of my eyes kind of thing well you can i could <laughs> sure <laughs> it might cause a little bit of a scene but uh yeah yeah so i guess what i'm saying there is it's it's really hard to say it's easy when you're not, when you're doing it by yourself for somebody outside of it to say to you you're not over that yet or wow you got over that quickly mm. but when you're doing it beside somebody it, it kind of becomes clear in those phases where you say oh wow you know, i am not you you are yeah not me. you're yeah you you're really hurting right now and in this moment i'm not but that doesn't mean i'm ahead of you that doesn't mean i'm over this faster yeah. you know or that you're grieving so. better or worse sure, or, sure. that's a really important point that i would really like to I would really like to definitely drive that home. Let's come back to that. Actually, let's come back to that point. And we're going to circle back to that at the at the at more towards the end, guys, because I I do want to take this time here more towards the beginning of the episode. Um, we, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but I want to take a minute to explain a bit about Luna. I feel like I just really want to talk about Luna because she was such a magical, <laughs> magical creature. So I want to talk about her a bit and just like the story of Luna. Um, how we, you know, got her and, and all the things, why we named her Luna. I mean, honestly, and then all the way down to when she passed, because I think her passing actually had a lot, you guys know, I believe in science. And, um, so I have a lot of things that I want to tell you guys about and share with you that I just felt like were what I call weird, not weird moments. He he knows about them. I've talked about them and, um, I want to share them with you guys. So, before we get into grief comparison and things like that, um, let's go ahead and just like tell a little bit about Miss Luna, Miss Luna Tuna. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of names for her, first of all. Luna Tuna, Luna Bear. Tuna Fish. Tuna Fish. <laughs> I don't know where we picked that up. I don't know where the tuna thing well, just came in. Well, just because Luna. Yeah, I, I, but it was, there was no significance to tuna. Just rhyme. Just rhyme. Luna Tuna. Yeah. Yeah. Tuna fish, yeah. I don't actually know. She might have thought her name was tuna fish or tuna because we called her tuna a lot too. Yeah, I don't know. She responded to all of the Yeah, I think she got it. (laughs) (laughs) And she looked like a little black bear when she was a puppy. Yeah, so that's why we called her Luna Bear. And then when she got really curly when she was older and kind of like she looked like really fat (laughs) because she got so curly, she was a golden doodle. Yeah, she was not fat. No, it was just a lot that of dog fur. Was an athlete. <laughs> she was. She ran with you like oh, yeah. she seven was a, miles. She was a beast. Yeah, which was all the more why when this happened, like we were so shocked. I, we were so she shocked. Was in she such was good so health. healthy. But let's start with. Um, aside from all of her nicknames, her name was Luna. Mm-hmm. We got her when she was eight weeks old. Around there, we got her on a whim down in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, we were visiting my sister and brother-in-law, and you looked up golden doodles because they were really expensive in um, Pennsylvania, where we live. And so I decided, well, you decided, let's look on the Craigslist in another state. You said, long story short, let's go to Walmart. Yeah. This lady <laughs> wants to meet us. And so we went, and then she opened the trunk, and it was full so, of all females that yeah. looked exactly the same, all jet black. Yeah, we were putting Golden on noodles. our shoes. We were heading out the door. She called and said, 
I'm leaving. It's about a 45 minute drive for me to get there because they were out in the country essentially and um, had said, I don't want to bring all of them. There's like 16. Uh, do you want a girl or a boy? So we're just like, uh, girl. a girl, I guess. <laughs> you know, we wanted a smaller one. Uh, we had, you know, in comparison because it was a full size poodle. The lady was like, oh, the boys could get 70 yeah, pounds. Yeah, so she was actually a golden doodle mixed with a poodle, guys. So she wasn't golden poodle. She was golden doodle poodle. So yeah. she's called like an F2 or something. Yeah, so she wouldn't be like yeah. a, a... More poodle. More poodle. Three, three or two-thirds poodle. Yes. She was goofy. She was 60 pounds. Yeah, but she was so tall. She was And when very she was so furry, looking. yeah, she was. she looked big. Yeah. And then what, which was funny then when we get her shaved. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We always said like, she's not that big. big. (laughs) And then we would take her around the places because she was with us constantly and we'd see her against another dog and we'd be like, oh. She's bigger. She is pretty big. And she got so many compliments wherever she went. She was such a beautiful dog. Yeah. She is definitely. We're also getting it. Anyways. We're we're getting on a. (laughs) Tangent. See, we love this dog. So anyways, we, we went to pick her up. Uh, we met this lady. She had a, uh, town and country minivan, soccer mom status. Yeah. Uh, and she had two children with her yeah. who were just psyched to, to give us the puppies. And uh, yeah, so she popped the trunk and she had a giant glad Tupperware thing that you mm-hmm. keep like Christmas decorations in. And there were just, it was like somebody hit copy paste. There were just uh, so we a sat, dozen faces, uh, not a dozen, but a lot of faces. We sat and picked them all up and looked at them and put them <laughs> yeah. back down, looked at them, put them back down. And then we were like, we have, we have to go. We can't, we can't keep all. doing this. So we had a brief moment where we thought two, and then we were like, what are we doing? She was going to give us a deal. She was going to hook us up with a deal, and I'm a sucker for a deal. So I was like, oh. Two puppies. Two puppies. Uh, so you you reined me in on that yeah. one. Uh, we got Luna. And we got Luna. I, I would I hate to say she didn't speak to us, but we were just were like. They all were so much the same. Uh, she one? wasn't too hyper, but she wasn't too calm. Yeah, but she they were in, in the a Tupperware, so you couldn't tell yeah, anyways. Yeah, but we did kind of gauge that, like how hyper or yeah. not hyper. She was Goldilocks. Sure, sure. Long she story seen the short, middle of the ground, middle we road. We got her, we took her home, drove her home about eight and a half hours in the car. She sat in the middle of the console the entire way on a blanket, literally with her head stuck next to the air conditioner, loving life, eight week old puppy driving home in the center console. She did awesome. Oh, the best. From the very beginning, she was amazing in the car. I feel for people whose dogs get car sick because let me tell you, she never was car sick a day in her life. She um she was she was really oh, a champ. Not, not till the till the end. Okay, so why don't you um, tell everybody? So why did we name her Luna? Oh, I would have to say that you uh, probably led the the fight for that name. We I don't remember what our other names were going back and forth, but you had you know being I don't involved in all. what you're yeah. involved in. Um, you had known that it was the lunar, lunar eclipse. eclipse. Yeah. So um, you said, I said what, you, about Luna? what about Luna? And I was, I thought I had no idea about that. So I just was like, yeah, she's black, sure, like the night, you know, like the night. So I was like, oh, you yeah, know, that made sense to me. And uh, we went with Luna, and it suited her perfect. So so we came home, yeah. and we immediately went to my parents were having a a barbecue or a cookout or something. Mm-hmm. So we went there and just like let her go and let her come up around the corner and surprise the family. From the very beginning, I think just to like sum it up about Luna is she was the coolest dog. Yeah. And I take Um, with all this with a grain of sand, we, we 
No, I she mean, was the I, cool. We everybody thinks their dogs the no, coolest. No, I dog, really so. feel like other people though have even said <laughs> like she is such a cool dog. Like people that our friends like our guy, our one guy friend that doesn't even love dogs. Like he liked Luna. You know, like Luna was a cool ass dog. Like. I know we could go on and on about her, but at the end of the day, I really felt like, and I kept telling people this, I'm so grateful I had the coolest dog ever. Like, she had the coolest personality. She was, like you said, she was goofy. I'm looking at, like, a portrait of her right now. Like, she was just full of life, you know? Like, Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was such joy. Anywhere she went was joy. Like, she wanted to have a good time. Like, Luna was there to be the life of the party, I feel like. Don't you? Like, she was just joy. Oh, yeah. She saw life, like, through joy in my eyes. Like, if she taught me anything, I feel like she taught me about joy. And just, like, seeing wonder in, like, all of life. I feel like Luna did that so well. And she brought such joy to our lives in such a, a massive way that we didn't realize until she was gone, which you hear people say that all the time. That there was like that hole where they were. And I think we both really felt that. Um, what else about Luna? She was goofy. She was joyful. She was an athlete. She loved being outside. Her ideal day was like going on a hike. When we took her camping with us, oh my gosh, guys, you would have thought that dog won the lottery. That was, I think, the best weekend probably of her life, fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she was, and I had never had a dog like that. I know, I certainly know you Off didn't. Leash. Yeah, that. Um, yeah. Oh, she just slept outside. But it's funny because then she was such a golden. Dog, oh, she looked yeah. kind of prissy sometimes. Like, yeah, she had her bouffant. She had her bouffant on called top of it, her like head. her little fuzzy hair. So she wasn't like a hound dog. But no, like, no. But what I'm saying is, she she could have. Could you imagine she Bailey, your family's dirty. old dog, sleeping no. outside? No. It would have been like, uh, no. If there was a puddle, Luna would find it. Oh, Luna yeah. loved to be dirty. Luna would always find a puddle and walk through it. Um, she was just the coolest, guys. Like, such joy. And just, I, I'm really grateful that she, like, found us and, like, picked us, I feel like, to be her parents. Because she was such a gift. She was such a gift. Absolutely. So, yes, Jan, or excuse me, we got her over a lunar eclipse, and um, that kind of starts her story. Is That's why we named her Luna. So, you know, f- fast forwarding, you know, three and a half years, ultimately, um, you know, obviously the sad part of it is that she did, in fact, get sick, and what we... What we, you know, it, I guess how it started was in a very small way. Um, from my dog people out there, if you own dogs, sometimes your dog doesn't want to eat their food. Like maybe they're like boycotting their kibble or something like that. And that's what happened with us in December, right around Christmas of 2018. And we just thought it was odd, but she had done it before and we let it go. Just kind of paid attention. And um, it was then pretty. Pretty quickly, I would say after that, she kind of, we started seeing more hair around the house and things, and that's not normal for a non-shedding dog, so we asked the vet about that when she got her checkup. They told us it might be an allergy. Again, just keep an eye on it. Uh, Otherwise, they didn't really have much to say. Um, A clean bill of health. Couldn't have been two weeks later, maybe, on... Um. When yeah, so she, she got, got the – well, no, that would have been the first time. So yeah. she had went in because we went for her yearly shots. And I had noticed 
those things, but not enough at that point to say anything to the doctor. It just was, eh, she's being weird about eating, but you know, but she eventually eats. Like she just doesn't like to eat in the morning anymore. But we would then come to learn that she was really nauseous in the mornings. Mm -hmm. So she would eventually eat, but she'd eat at night when she wasn't feeling as nauseous anymore. Mm So, um, about two weeks later, uh, after noticing those things a bit more, I called you and said I was leaving work early. And I I said, I'm going to, I'm going to take her up. I'm going to take her to the vet. Um, and just explain these things and see if he has anything to say. And he, the doctor, who was great, um, you know, kind of looked at me with two head, like I had two heads, and was like, she, you know, her tail's wagging, her nose is wet, you know, all the indicators that she's fine. And had mentioned maybe it was allergies, maybe it's this, that, or the other thing, but no big deal. Um, and I just it wasn't enough for me at that point. I was like, well, we we need, I need to know, we need to know what's going on like here. Hunch. I kind of a hunch. I I just knew her very well. Yeah, she was kind of, you know, that. I definitely had super to, connected. Yeah, real connected to her. So um, I had him run the the blood test, um, which he kind of was like, well, it's a little overkill. Um, it's kind of expensive and this and that. And I said, you know, well, it's just I just want to get it off the table. Want to get it off. My conscience. So we ran the blood test. Uh, then he called a day later, I believe. I was at work that following day. And um, again, I left work early because the doctor had called and we, you know, we, we got the worst news of the whole process. And he said, you know, her, her kidney values, and there's a lot of them, um, so won't get into the technical stuff, but said, they're really bad. You need you need to get her to a yeah. hospital so immediately. You called me on a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, ironically, yeah, that was ironically also a Wednesday. Because yeah. um, she passed on a Wednesday too. But yeah. that you called me and said you were crying and you said she needs to go to the vet right now, the emergency vet. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I have a meeting in five minutes. And you said, no, her kidney levels are really bad. Like, she's like, this is bad. I got her in the car. That's when I first made my first post on Instagram. I took a photo of her in the back seat. And I said, guys, please pray for her. Something's really bad's happening. And that's kind of, that was the downhill. Um, yeah, and this was really tough. She's, you're probably taking a video of her and she's in the back seat wagging her tail. Yeah. You know, she's like, where are we going? The, yeah. You know, I get in the that car all the January time. That was January 23rd. So, you know, such a, a sharp contrast to what we're being told in comparison at this point in the process, mm-hmm. she hadn't started losing the weight yet um, no. to how she was, excuse me, um, how she was acting. So we took her to the doctors and that was probably the hardest of, of this, you know, towards the beginning of this whole process. Um, the doctor, you know, said what his, what he thought his diagnosis was, prognosis, um, that it was uh, Lyme nephritis. nephritis and, uh, you know, it's like a very rare sort very, of yeah. strand, uh, you could call it, um, probably for the lack of a better term, of the Lyme's disease, which is very, very common in Pennsylvania where we're at. He, the doctor had said, you know, about 50% of dogs in their life will contract Lyme's, but of of those dogs, 50% of them never have any type of reactions to it. Uh, their bodies have built up an immunity to basically to they the don't react the way that Luna's body did. Yeah, and then of the other, there's the fifty percent that do. They get what would be um, skeletal limes, which is where their legs start to go kind of limp. But that's a um, and I hope I'm getting all of this correct. But that's a bacterial infection where they can treat that with medication and um and maybe i'm saying that wrong it might be viral but it's a 48 hour thing typically the dogs recover almost immediately it's almost well, they're like on a, they're on medication and they'll have yeah. to stay on it for a while but the symptoms are, are gone 
you know, uh, uh, quote unquote, but overnight. Lyme nephritis is much Lyme more nephritis rare. is much more rare. Very much more serious. It's it's basically kidney <clears throat> failure. It's renal failure. So her body isn't recognizing that, you know, what it thinks is making her sick. Her immune system is building up an immunity to what it thinks is her being sick, and what it's what it's doing is it's building up an immunity to the proteins from her food and what she's processing. So she was not processing proteins. So she was not processing the proteins, and when they're not being processed, they're being moved through the system, or they're not being processed in the sense that they're still sitting like in her gut and in her stomach, and that uh, she's almost getting like a backup, and that's where the nausea is coming from and, and ultimately where the loss of weight and loss of hair is coming from because, because she's not getting the nutrients that she needs her body isn't processing the little bit of food that she right. was even getting so that all happened on january 23rd it was a, i believe a wednesday and this is where the start of the weird not weird happens for me on my end because I, I pay attention to these things and signs i've talked on this podcast about signs um that was also a lunar eclipse the day that we found that out. So we got her on a lunar eclipse. We found out about her sickness on a lunar eclipse. And the lunar eclipse was also in Leo, which is my baby girl's sign was a Leo. She was a Leo like me. She was born August 16th. I'm the 13th. We're both Leos. So that was a big whoa moment. Um, that day, I think you know this, hon. Um, that day, well, no, actually you didn't. I told you later. That day, whenever I came home, because we couldn't come home with her, they made her stay for IV treatment. They told her she might not come home with us ever again. They said it was very, very a guarded prognosis with their words, and we were absolutely shocked, as you can imagine. Um, Because at this point, she seemed fine. Yeah. Not fine. We knew she wasn't eating well, but her appearance, she you'd never know. It's like, how are you telling me my dog is going to die in a couple days? Is hugging us and saying, you know, hugging the dog and saying, um... We'll keep her for a two-night stay, uh, but, you know, 1% of the dogs that come in for this or, yeah, or like, you know, a ridiculously low percentage um, ever go right. back go back home Kept again. Kept using the term guarded prognosis. So we were stunned. Um, at that point, I hadn't started really crying yet. Um, you were more emotional. I think you were shocked. I was shocked into not crying. You were shocked into crying. So, again, grief happening in two different ways. Um, I was just, I think, still holding on to a lot of hope at that point. But nonetheless, we went home without Artuna. She stayed and got IV treatments. And when I got home that night, I wanted to pull cards like I always do. So continuing with the weird not weird is I actually pulled um, a card that was Rhiannon. I might be saying that wrong. But she is a Welsh lunar goddess and it said that in her card and again i thought oh my gosh of course she's a lunar goddess right weird not weird but then it got even weirder because i read the the description and it said that she trounced um fairy souls to the afterlife and it pissed me off that i pulled that card i'll tell you made me mad honestly hon it made me mad i thought no you're not taking my dog like i was so angry about that card and I also had pulled Isolt, which was the Undying Love Goddess card. Regardless of the situation, there's there's love. And I, again, like kind of like, fuck this situation, these cards, I don't want to hear this right now kind of thing, as you can imagine, hon. <laughs> they yeah, were like, absolutely. they were really kind of saying what was going to happen. And um, nonetheless, I accepted that those were the readings and I moved on. We woke up the next morning and 
we got good news, which was that Luna could come home. Yeah, yeah, they said she was responding. Um, so when we're do- when we're talking about this disease, um, it's a sharp decline. Once those Typically, kidney yeah. values get to a certain point, which Luna was at, and and at this point, well beyond. Whether she was acting fine, the doctors kept trying to reinforce to us that this is the peak of the roller coaster. She is she's nearing a very sharp downturn. Right. We just haven't seen it yet. So when we're kind of not fighting with these doctors, you know, fighting for Luna's hope for Luna's life, um, we're saying, "What are you talking about? She's fine. She's fine. She's fine." What do they say? Accept the diagnosis, yeah. not the prognosis. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they're, you know, just kind of warmly saying to us, um, "Prepare. You need to. You need to be ready because we see this a lot. Not a lot, but when we do see this, it is rare. Um, this is quick. This is very quick." Uh, so in Luna's case, when they called us the next day, two days, next day, no, the next the day. next day, they said she you can come home. and get her with a, a, an entire pharmacy of medication. Yeah. Um, we were really optimistic. Uh, they said that was very rare, and they had given us some you know rough numbers, and we had been doing our research all night on on this disease and reading that you know if they can last something like twenty or thirty days, about a month. It was like a 90% success rate it jumps to. You know, they, they beat it, essentially. So um, we, were, we were really happy we were to hear that we she was coming home. home. Um, and I, in hindsight, I think, not to interrupt you, but was the, the best part, if I could take a silver lining from this process, because, you know, we fed her anything that she wanted at that point. She was getting ground beef and ground turkey <laughs> and chicken and salmon. And, I, you know, I was leaving work early and... Also, because she needed her medication at very odd times during that process, but you know, just to get her on hikes, and I'm glad we did that when we could, when she was help feeling healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was running around like crazy and wearing her little sweater because her fur she was losing her fur, and we were like, "Where well, she's going to get cold?" And yeah, you know, she, really just I think she like got a second for, win. Uh, for, she did almost. So they say happens a lot with people yeah. that are actually dying is they, my grandfather had that happen. Um, he had a bit of a second win when they told me that he, we, they told us he was dying. He like rallied, we said for another two weeks. And I felt like Luna rallied for a solid amount of time. Yeah. And we saw some hope, which what do they say? You know, hope can be such a heartache. And, uh, in this case it was cause we felt like for a second there, yeah. We thought she was really getting better. But then, like the doctors predicted, it started becoming a really sharp decline. Now, I do want to point out, guys, if you're wondering, which I'm sure some of you are, was she on any kind of tick preventative medication? Like, why did she get bit and get sick? She was. Um, yeah, we, we didn't have her on at that point. We didn't have her on the chewable. Our vet had recommended as much as we have her outside that he didn't feel that that was... Um, necessary the best course of action was the collar the actual topical right. um it was like it's a collar yeah, yeah. Nere- 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 i can't think of the no. name yeah I'm blanking uh, the, it's it's your it's, it's your typical collar. tick collar um so, so she, she was. was on those mm-hmm. and you know so we beat it's ourselves just a preventative up about that for a while and i did yeah not you you really you. did I, well i, I you know i was the one that was not not from I had bought it the, the last time that I had got it for her. I, you know, I was there, so I, you know, I had I had known when we had had it last because, you know, you you start to beat yourself up 
you know, part of that grief process is what could we have done? Could guilt. we have done more? And the guilt. And, and I think if anything, I would say to parent of, of parents of dogs is making sure that obviously your, your dogs are on tick preventative, but knowing that it is not 100%, even the vaccine is not, that's still very early stages, that vaccine. And also if they're on something that's like a collar, if it's starting to get towards the end of the collar, kind of like wearing out then like definitely get it renewed and get like a fresh one but yes she was on something so I do want to point that out if you're kind of having question marks around that so it was this was a shocker oh yeah this is like if you came downstairs and your pet had passed away or a loved one passes away and they're healthy as a horse and it turns out it's a brain thing or it turns out it's cancer it for for Luna it was kidneys you know and with all that being said this is her you can't test for it. She tested positive for limes. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't tell them everything they need yeah. to know. This she very well. This is her first blood test, and dogs will go their whole life without a blood test. She she could have had kidney disease. She could have been fighting this. She could have been predisposed from, from to having day one bad kidneys, and, and this, we didn't know. This is where they finally tipped yeah. the scales, which they said it was could have been very plausible. Because why did she have this bad of a reaction? Like most dogs do not. Yeah. Um. So it's something that we've surely thought about, and that's where the the guilt process and what could we have done, and all the things. And guilt is just a part of going through grief. It's like the stages. Um. It's one of them, and I've been dealing with that more than you. Um. But, um ultimately you know you know that you know that you loved the dog literally so much that you did everything you could you gave that dog the best life and that's what everyone kept telling us was you did everything for this dog like you literally we were taking care of her like how you just take care of a sick parent when they're when they're dying we did everything for her at the end there i mean we were truly like taking care of a sick child or a sick parent i mean when someone is dying you really have to step up in a really big way to care for them and you know um if you know if they <laughs> need their she, at some points we she, we needed to wipe her bum and like all these different things like she needed our help and I think she started to know that and we talked about that she started to feel like a burden and we felt that she didn't like that yeah because she was fiercely independent uh, yeah we always used to joke like you, you could never kiss her yeah, she would always she would always turn her nose and Luna <laughs> I, she, I can unless probably, she wanted to kiss you <laughs> I can probably count on one time one hand in her her big but short life that uh that she licked me Luna was not a licker no. she she was a priss, like... Unless she wanted to kiss you in the morning or something. Yeah, it was rare, though. But if you say, give me a kiss, she would turn her little Oh, she'd turn you. her head away. But, like, she loved affection, though, at the same time. she It's hard to describe how yeah. affectionate she was. Like, the way she gave you a hug was by putting her head right in your crotch. Like, <laughs> literally, that's how we said that was a Luna hug. And she just would stick her head right in your crotch and want you to pet her. And she would stay there all day if you, honest to goodness, let her. But she was not like a crazy liquor kind of dog. She would jump on you for sure and greet you and put her head between your crotch. But she's not going to lick you to death. So I guess, extremely affectionate, but like in affect, a different way. Yeah, affectionate, but i Sometimes on her terms. The best way I could describe it was she didn't like being fussed with. Oh, yeah, no. You know, she did not like her ears cleaned. She didn't like her paws touched. You know, like so. so towards the end, that's all it was. Was yeah. fussing. Let me force it pills. It was down let me force throat. pills. Let me it, clean yeah. your butt. Like let me do all these things. And you have to eat now. Yeah. You know, and it was. Uh, 
I have to brush you because you can't get groomed yet because your fur is sensitive and your skin sensitive because yeah. of the medication. She so I have that. to groom you every day. Yeah. And that probably doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it was getting to the point where it was like. We felt it. We felt yeah, that she was she's like, unhappy. Guys, this is pissing me off. Like, I don't like this. So what we ended up doing was, gosh, where do we fast forward this to? Yeah, okay. By, so uh, we're about a month in. She lasted um, about January three 23rd. to four weeks or so. The fourth week was the week that we had to make the hard decision. Um, like we said in the beginning, one when the dog hits the point where she's tipped from – kidney disease into full-blown kidney failure that would be where the doctors originally thought she was at that came last week Mm -hmm. and um no not last week two weeks ago i'm sorry and um that's where luna took her sharp decline she seemed we had a really good weekend and then monday she oh her face swelled her face swelled she had a reaction uh, her immune just, system was very immune suppressed yeah she, everything was shutting down i think yeah she just dropped off yeah. very very quickly her yeah. white blood cells we would find out later were so so low um so she was having immune responses so yeah she may just have scratched random. herself just from an itch on her face and her face swelled up like she got stung by a bee and right it was just everything was like you can like when the body's just collapsing yeah and we it was like all signs she wasn't getting off the couch she she had eaten that day maybe three hot dogs and then i couldn't get her to eat anything um so it was just that was the sharp decline and so when we took her back in because she wasn't eating the doctor very lovingly, honestly, he was amazing at the emergency vet that we'd been talking with this whole time. He was amazing, and he very kindly and gently told us this was kind of it. And he was started talking blood transfusions and a feeding tube. And yeah, but in in the terms of listen, these are the next steps, and they're not good. Delaying steps. the inevitable. Yeah, these are. I will do your wishes, but if I can speak on behalf of Luna. Luna doesn't want this. This is it's not, not going to help her. This is going to be not very rough on her. Yeah. And it's not, this isn't going to save her. So we decided after all of that, literally sitting on the floor in the uh, Avets, um, we called our family, our, our parents and his, my parents, his parents, and they came and we let her go. Um, uh, there's not really, I, I, you know, I don't want to get too much into detail about that because I think it's really, that, that's too hard to talk about. Um, but, and if you anybody's got, done it before, it's... You know how it is. Um, the sedative. It's awful. And, and it's... They put him to sleep, and we held her, and, uh, you know, gosh, I mean, we still have the blanket that she was on when she passed, and now it's on our bed, and it has Brad's face on it and her face, and um, it's on our bed right now. And, like, her baby blanket that I had given her that was my baby blanket, I sleep with it every night because it was with her because she was without a lot of fur, and so we would hold her with it and cover her with it, and... um. You guys know how that is if you've ever let a dog down or if you've ever, gosh, just watched Marley and me, shit, just watch that and you get the whole point, that it's probably the most, one of the most gut-wrenching experiences you'll ever go through to put a dog down, especially one that is only three and a half and that you felt like, I kept telling Brad, I feel cheated, I feel cheated, like, this dog, she had so much more and that was really hard for me and I'm still trying to swallow that, like, that she, that, that was her life. There's that acceptance factor that I think comes with grief and having to accept loss and that that was her life. You know, some people's lives are 100 years. Some people, some children get cancer. 
and then they die. You know, some people get in a car accident when they're 16. Um, you know, these things happen and that was her life. And that's where I'm right now struggling to accept that. And I've cried every day, I think since then, and it's been really hard, but even that day that she passed, there was more signs, you know, for me that this was going to happen, that this was almost like Luna's life path. She died. We put her to sleep and I didn't even realize it. And it was a new moon on March 6th in Pisces. And gosh, if you know anything about astrology... Which you would have found out later. We yeah, obviously didn't know that. Later. That wasn't any no, sort of indication. No, I didn't indi- plan that. No. <laughs> Pisces is a super water element um, sign. Very emotional sign and um, very spiritual side. And she died on the new moon in Pisces on March 6th. So it was just... Every, you know, and the fact that we named her Luna and all of these things kept happening over moon... Big moon things. It was just big moon things that's super technical but you get my point it just wilds me out and that day when she went home even that that same day um I had again I had pulled cards and I had spoken to a medium I think I told you this on that day and it was very casual because I was in a meeting with her and Luna hadn't passed yet we hadn't put her down it was going to be that night and I said is there anything you can tell me about the situation with my dog she's really sick and she had told me that Luna was dealing with a past life issue. And then that, that day after I got off the call, I pulled cards and I pulled Isis and it said past life. And I literally was like, shut the front door. Like what? It was really, really wild. It kind of, again, it freaked me out. And then I also pulled um, Isolt again, which was the Undying Love card again. And then Brigitte or Brigitte or however you say it, which was do what you believe is right. And I felt like in the, on that day, what we believed was right was to let her go. And we knew that, like, we had that family meeting, essentially, in the room with the doctors and said, like, this is it. Like, Luna's really tired. That's what we kept saying. Like, we, we recognized that, right? Like, we were like, Luna's so tired. Yeah, I mean, She's it was done. a very sharp contrast to the month before where I was right. like, no, this dog's still got some fight in her. Yeah, and I think she fought. Oh, I think she so too. She really did oh, for us and for her. Like yeah. she tried, but it got to a point where she, you know when they tell you like I'm done. Hey, I'm done, guys. Yeah. Like mom and dad, like I'm done. Like I'm tired, and I'm okay to go. And we sat down and had a conversation with her, and we literally told her at the house. We said, I, I literally made you tell her. <laughs> I said I want you to look at her and tell her that it's okay and she can go. And I told her we'd be okay and she can go. And um, that's what we did. And so we let her go, as you know, guys. And um, that was on the new moon. New moon, new beginnings. The dark moon. And it didn't, you know, it didn't even surprise me that the next morning I pulled the Rhiannon card again. The damn Welsh lunar goddess who fairies souls. Remember I told you that morning? Mm-hmm. I said, oh my gosh, hon, this is the same card and it says she fairies souls to the afterlife, which I had pulled the first day she got sick. I pulled it again. Holy shit, that was... But then I also felt some peace knowing like maybe she's being helped to the other side. Um, and she passed during winter to spring. Winter, it was the new moon she died. And then spring came on March 20th. So she died between the portal of winter and spring, which I thought was also really poignant. 
Um, like she wasn't going to make it to literally the next season of life. Like she wasn't going to. I felt like it was all very almost like destinied when I think about her life. Like when you think of someone has a life path, the fact that we named her Luna, I mean, everything to me was just so like that was her life path. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's how I kind of viewed it. And, um, and then even on that day, on the 20th, on this day of spring, I got huge news. I can't tell you guys about it yet, but I got really big news. And um, I, I told you, I, I said to you, I said, I think Luna had something to do with this. <laughs> I think she's up there working magic. Yeah. Like, here you go, mom. Like, you, you, you were going to need a lot of space for what's coming, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And like, I in my sickness, could not be there. Like, I needed you to not feel burdened by me, but I'm going to send you some magic. Like, you just wait. But, like I, I, like, I think she knew that, like I said, she couldn't be a burden anymore, and she didn't want to. And she knew that her sickness was going to almost, like, we want to really go to really travel this year and go to the Netherlands and things. I think she really felt that. I really do. I think she knew that. I think she knew that, like, her being sick, yeah, I mean, we would have done, uh, no, it certainly wouldn't, wouldn't if she was still with us and was still fighting that. But, uh, you know, had she been healthy, she was such a, you know, she did sleepovers at grandparents' house. Oh, yeah, house yeah. but and if she was sick, we wouldn't have been able to and, go and, to you know, the Netherlands No, and all certainly the not. And, and I think she, you know, I think every, the household as a whole was getting this heavy vibe of. Oh, so heavy. She just, just wanted to enjoy our time with us, yeah. and we just wanted to enjoy that time, but it was getting we to the point where we were doing pills every hour. Yeah. We were doing, you know, there was no time to like. And then once she got so sick, you couldn't hike with her you couldn't walk with her the it was joy was being sucked out yeah and that was luna's yeah essence. and you could tell even you know that was a big that was a, a hard day for me it was you know when i went to we got a little bit of a break and i went to take her for just a walk around the block and you know she just was she just couldn't you know she just was like i can't i can't i can't keep up i you know i wasn't pulling her by any sense but just yeah she just couldn't walk you know she was taking a step every couple minutes where it was just like yeah, she probably felt it just felt so sick. Which honestly, like kind of brings us to a really good point here where I I asked you to please do an animal medium with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an animal communicator and I scheduled an appointment. What was that? Two weeks after? Yeah, yeah, it would have been really last week. close. Yeah. yeah. And um I someone on Instagram recommended her and we did a virtual meeting and one of the, you know, we sat down with her over the computer and, um, he's not really into this stuff, guys. <laughs> you can't tell. I'm the one talking about all the signs. He just goes with it. Um, go with the flow. I thought it was really validating. Um, yeah. Hey, it's she not, it's not my, it's not my point. thing, but you know, even then there were some things where I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That being one of them, which was she said, I feel something in my stomach. Yeah. And yeah. I feel, she said the words, I feel really nauseous. Yeah. Sure. We did hey, not tell her about Luna's uh, condition. And if, at all. if all of that's true and she can, then. Then I think that was great. The, then yeah, that was exactly. Luna to yeah. Me. There was like, no Luna negative was there. that could possibly No, she came told out us she knew how old she was. She knew she was between three and four. She was, she was three and a half. All we gave her was a photo in her name yeah. and said she passed. Um, she knew her age. 
She knew it was, she said, my stomach, I feel really nauseous. Like, I just keep wanting to throw up. That was extraordinarily valid. Me and him kind of, like, nudged each other, like, ooh, that's on point. Um, But again, with this whole, the medium, mm -hmm. I think the point of it was, or why it relates to this, is that was a a phase for us, or for you, but of the grief Grief, process. Absolutely. Yeah, just to bring that back around. I I needed to, I, I felt like I kept telling you, I need to talk to her. Yeah, I need to talk yeah, to her. And that's fine. I needed validation. So when she said, uh, you know, she felt nauseous when she said she, this was how old she was and she was telling us all these things. I, at one point, as a part of my grief process, is I've been walking with Luna, as I call it. So I've been taking her collar with me and I say, I'm going to go for a walk. Let's go for a walk, Luna. And um, that's what I did the day after she passed is I took her collar and it was 30 degrees out and I had been crying all day like literally not like I looked really bad I mean I looked like a hot mess if you saw me on Instagram I was being real about it and um I took her collar it was 30 degrees but the sun was kind of shining I could still see her paw prints on the front porch in the snow and I got in my car I was tired of crying in the house we went down I said we're gonna go for a walk so I walked her along the river trail towards the dog park and I walked all the way to the dog park we got two me and Luna got two miles in me and her collar I say Luna it was just her collar obviously and uh sat at the dog park and uh I watched a woman play with her dog and I of course it sounds morbid but I sat there with Luna's collar and I just cried and that was for me a part of healing and grief and it actually felt really cathartic even if it sounds really depressing and um she even knew that the medium I said can you tell me where we went she knew which that was one of the weirdest moments for me um she said Luna just showed me a a path next to a body of water and that was the Riverside Trail and she said that that was where Luna was with you and uh, for me that was like I could just get emotional just thinking about it like that was such validation that Luna was with me yeah and I've been see that me and you keep talking to Luna like we talk to her all the time oh yeah sure um, I do. You know, I'll, I'll be back, Luna. Like, I literally say that. I'll be back, Luna. Yeah, you know? and I think if any of, you know, if even only a part of that is just character of habit, you know, yeah, it's... No, I I feel like I'm talking to her. Well, no, it just, it makes, back to the grief thing, it just... It feels it's, better. It feels better to yeah. do that. It feels, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, because you have so many I mean, routines. she was, this probably all sounds, if you're not a dog person, super dramatic. <laughs> no. But we were, she was huge to us. No. I mean, that was... You're with them every day. Yeah, that was you don't my baby. You, you don't, I don't think people realize how much, you know, you're not with a grandparent typically every day, right? As an example, most people have lost a grandparent. You're with your animals every day. They're such a part of your routine. So when they're gone, you feel like there's this chunk of you that is gone. You know, so me talking to her, me wanting to go with her on a walk. We used to go on midday walks together. I worked from home. She was my buddy at home. You know, Brad was used to her being in the car um, with him when she would t- he would take her to daycare. Because, yes, she was a dog that went to daycare and she loved it. You know, <laughs> that doggy daycare. You know, we have these routines that we get used to. And it's so heartbreaking when they're not there anymore and you're not feeling them. So for me, I would, I take her on little walks and I take her collar. We talk to her like as if she's here. Her toy bin is still out. Her dog bowl is still out. My dad, as an opposite way of grieving, the day my dad put down our family dog, 
Dad picked up every single thing that was Bailey's and put it in a bag and didn't want to see it. He picked everything up that night, my mom said, and was like, I'm done. I can't look at any of it. But I also found out later, my dad told me when Luna passed, he was carrying Bailey's ashes on his bike, on bike rides. From, he said like two months after Bailey passed. And, and then I realized, well, that wasn't so weird. I've been taking my dog's collar with me on walks. It's the same premise. Yep. Yeah. And it's just all grief, but in all different ways. And we all grieve differently. And, um, you know, I've, I and we've had all these signs, too, along the way that I think validate that Luna's still with us. And, you know, I saw a red cardinal the day after she died, and that's, again, my sign. And I was telling you about um, a podcast I was listening to with Deepak Chopra. And he said about when death, if you think of a building... He said, what happens when the physical building collapses? Isn't the space where the building was still there? And that really got me. And I told you that analogy really got me because it was like, oh, the spirit is still there. The physical body just collapsed. So that's where I'm working through now in my grieving process is accepting, truly accepting that her physical presence for me, that's what's hard. Because I see photos of her in videos and that's what makes me cry is I miss her physically, I miss her smell, I miss her snout, I miss her big nose. I miss those things physically. Even though everyone says she's here in spirit and even the medium said she's so with you in your heart and she wants you to know that, that she she was like, oh, she feels so connected to you at the heart. I get that. Like I can, I, I spiritually, I can feel that. But for me, my grieving process is working through accepting her physically not being here. That she is now literally in spirit. Um, you know, he even said, we're, our bodies do not house our spirits. He said, you know, your spirit is not in your body. Your body is in your spirit. And I got that when he said that. That was like a whoa moment for me. <laughs> and um, so that's what I'm really working through, I think, is the physical part of her not being here. Um, what do you think that, like, what is the hardest part for you? I think it's probably, I'm just like a character of habit. Like I get into my routines. I think that's probably the hardest part of it is like where you're, you may not feel like you want to go out. I feel like I don't want to be at home. Like, you know, cause mm. I want to fill that time that we would have yeah. went on walks or we would have been hanging out or, you know, just the space that we would have occupied together. I don't want to be in that space without her. So a lot of my grief process has been bike riding or, or doing things I just wouldn't have done, you know, going to the gym or, you know, places where she wouldn't have been anyways, you know, regardless. So filling it with those, you know, those spaces or the, that time where it's, I just don't need to sit in it, you know. Whereas I've wanted to be home. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, why do you want to be home? And I was like, no, this is the only place I want to be. Mm-hmm. Even though that sounds depressing. I was like, I just mm. want to be at home. Like, I want to sit at home Again, and I want to you cry. Know, whether whether it, what it, you think it sounds like based on how you think you would react, that's all okay. That's what I've been telling you. Yeah. It's all okay. Yeah. You know, there are bad ways to grieve. But as ignoring, long as you... Ignoring, sure. yeah. But you... It's one of those things I think is such a powerful emotion that it's very clear when somebody's doing it in the wrong way for them. They're hurting themselves. Yeah, you can see it. It's like, oh, you know, Again, denial you're, you're or, or whatever it. it may be. It's like, 
the way you're acting might be right for somebody else but right now that doesn't seem very healthy for you Mm -hmm. you know you it's just it's clear and again nobody there's no definition of what is a good way to do and what's a bad way to do it but when somebody is not doing it in the way that is probably healthy for them i think to the people around them their loved ones they're they know they know that it's not healthy so whether you say now like that may sound morbid but yeah me you one. just got yeah that's that's your thing and that's, i just that's wanted your to way. be i felt so connected to her at and home, that's all okay and you were struggling to be at home I, you know we just again and like you said you're seeing that opposite reaction because you're right next to me and i'm your wife and you're my husband and we're, we're seeing the grief process happen and play out differently and really learning to respect how the other is um, um going through those emotions and you've held me when I needed to, and I've held you when I when you've needed me. And you, you know, you flat out told me, and I I said to you, babe, I feel like I've never been so sad in my life. And you were just like, and that's okay. Like that just means you're really feeling, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think I'm considering, you know, going to see someone about it and talk to someone because I'm such a normally a positive person. You know that. You guys probably know that listening, and I've been like, man, I, I, I'm so, been struggling so much with it, um, just feeling levels of sadness and guilt and things that are just so foreign for me um, to try and work through. And um, I keep saying I feel like you're doing a better job, <laughs> but nobody can grieve better as long as you're grieving. I think, or that's, allowing yourself. Yeah, to I grieve. think that's the point. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way as long as you're allowing it. You're allowing space for it is what's ultimately most important. And it took me a while to want to dance again. I believe about the body is, I always say, such a healing thing. Dance, yoga, ride bike rides, um, runs and things. It took me two, two, two weeks to even want to dance. And then sure enough, I heard the beat, the beat of music when I was working out. And I felt the urge to dance again. And I felt like Luna was like, hey, mom. You always used to dance like a crazy person when I was home. So why don't you just go dance again? <laughs> and so I just was like, okay. And then I cried while I was doing it. It wasn't very cute, but I let it go. But like you let yourself just move through the process, go at your pace, and you cannot make comparisons. You cannot put yourself on a time frame. I have a feeling that two years from now, we could think of Luna and probably still cry. You know, 10 years from now, we could think about Luna. Oh, yeah, sure. We thought she'd still be here 10 years from now. You know, I wanted that for her, but it wasn't in her cards. Um, so I think no comparison of grief is, you know, and that grief is essential to self-care when you are hurting, when you are going through loss you, it's, it's just as important as eating healthy, as getting sleep, as crying, as talking to someone, as getting up and getting fresh air, as praying. Grief is a part of that self-care process for sure. And um, last few points that I want to make here, I know this has been a longer conversation. We had a lot that we wanted to obviously talk about is, and we didn't cry. Wow. See, like, we're moving through grief. <laughs> we went on a walk today to a place where well, Luna think, always was. And we didn't really. I think you had suggested doing this, like we had said, pretty quick after she had passed. And I said, oh. Not right now. Not today. No, no not right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's been almost a month. And like, we're, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, uh, hey, we can not laugh about it now, but talk about it. And I, I struggle through my feelings through 
laughter, you know, and joking about things and humor. I think that's part of the, probably the part of the grief process. But people say it all all the time, like, oh, too soon, too, you know, too. Uh, the reason I think that exists is because it's a questionable thing. Is it too soon? Is it? That's no, what I, like you know? me with dancing. I was like, am I a bad person if I want to? Yeah. Well, I think that again, that's part of it too. Yeah. Are you okay to Don't be moving Don't shut on. on your grief. Don't yeah, shut on yeah. any of should it. Should I be acting a certain way? Should I be, you know, flogging myself over this process? Yeah. Or should I be... Should I be sadder? Should I be yeah, happier? Like, yeah. Am I moving fast enough? Like, fuck all of that. Just just, just grieve. Mm-hmm. Just grieve. No matter what it is. No matter how fast it is. Whatever. You do you. And I have to say, one of the biggest things... There's the last two points I want to make. I want to talk briefly about her health insurance because I really feel yeah. like I just want to I want to say what that was because it was massive for us um well actually let's talk about that and then well, here, how about yeah I'll note. let you end it I'll talk about the insurance stuff and we'll wrap it up yeah yeah, yeah. so on the insurance side of things um a quick plug for a company called healthy pause they are not sponsoring this podcast. No. <laughs> this they is they, yeah. Hey, Healthy Pause, if you're listening, um, no, but seriously, and they might be listening because they're the coolest people in the world. So <clears throat> when we got Luna, now I will say, if you already have a dog and you're looking into pet insurance, I don't know what options are available during through this resource or other similar resources, um, because it was pushed to us pretty heavily that the best form of coverage that you're going to get for the best price is when they are a puppy. So we got on this insurance the week after we bought her. She was a puppy puppy. So we got the best rate with the highest coverage because she had no pre-existing conditions. There was no argument about what she may already have and be sick with. So, you know, take that into consideration. But um, the company we used was called Healthy Paws. They have an app on iOS and, and other Android and whatever. But um, absolutely incredible. Yeah. The best $36.95 that we are spending a month, I, I would say right now ever, <laughs> it it really helped, like we said, in, in this whole process and in the story to keep this short and sweet. Um, we were fairly sure we were losing her in the first two days. They had told us that it was going to be $2,500 a night with a minimum two-day stay. They were saying, we either decide to put her down now if you can't afford that, or a lady's going to come in with some paperwork and she's going to take your credit card and that's going to be $5,000 deposit. So that was a hit. Um, I can say from our perspective, we just got married. You know, we have the house, we're doing other things financially, and that would have hurt. That would have hit us hard to make that choice when Luna's sitting there wagging her tail that, that we need to decide to put our dog down or not if we can't afford five thousand dollars can we fight or not afford to fight can, yes and i there are a lot of families out there um that have to make that hard decision and i can't imagine what that would be like if you had your five-year-old with you and that dog is that kid's life and you have to somehow tell them that you can't afford to try to fight for it um that's really really tough so with that being said we didn't have to think about any of that we signed it where do i sign um Yes, it's a reimbursement process. We had to put it on a credit card and they they reimbursed us whatever the cost was, 90% of the total cost minus uh, some fees such as like consultations aren't covered or but general yearly so- shots. Uh, I would say, Honestly, yes, they, they yeah. healthily covered yeah. 80% of the entire cost of Luna's this and this got expensive. Yeah, this would have been I thousands. added it up and we were getting 
dangerously close to the $8,000 mark, I think, all said and done, um, in what we would have put in just deposits. Uh, now, granted, not all of that came through. She only stayed one night that first night, but yeah. the potential here. The medicines. The, the medicines. The visits every visits, two weeks. Two blood tests, uh, or a blood test every two weeks. I think what what it boils down to is... It, get the health get insurance. Get health insurance, and we loved Healthy yes. Paws. They sent us a card when she passed. They all signed the card. And said, we're so sorry for your loss. They wrote handwritten yeah. things. If I ever had questions about invoices and spoke to somebody, every person that I had spoken to during the process, and I just got a random person from a call center, had signed the card. Yeah. I mean, they would send emails just to ask how she's doing. I- I've never worked with Above a company and beyond. that was truly concerned about you. You. You know, and of course, people will say, "Well, it's an insurance company. Of course, they want the dog to get better." No. Because no, it was they signed the card like ab- with little notes. It was above and beyond. It what was insurance tr- company does? <laughs> truly, truly incredible. So um, healthy paws, pet insurance. So healthy guys, paws. Look into it if you have animals, pets. Yes, that's you will one not point. regret it. A no. hundred dollar deposit for the year, or um, yeah, enough. the hundred dollar deposit. Yeah. No, not deposit. Deductible. Deductible. Thank you. Hundred dollar deductible for the year annual. With ninety percent coverage on all conditions that are not pre-existing. Yeah. Um, typical of insurance. Typical of, of any, yeah. Even, so. but I guess the point is, I, I can't tell you the number of people that when I mention this, they say you can get insurance for your pet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. If you can get insurance for your boat, you can get it for yes. your pet. And it they're, was they're just like humans, guys. Like shit happens. You know, we could. You know. Dogs get cancer. Dogs get, you know, they need... Luna had a root canal, root canal. <laughs> when she was a year, a year and a half. Like, you know, yeah, they, they have accidents and things and that happen. And pet stuff is like expensive. You. It's a niche thing. That was a $1,800 root canal. Yeah. So I mean, we're happens. talking... <laughs> Protect yourself. Yes. Healthy Paws Pet Insurance. Get Hit out of here. Get me up us. a few. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that, that, that was a very good explanation yes, of yes. Healthy Paws, but... What I wanted to kind of end the podcast on here is a huge lesson that um, for me was perhaps perhaps maybe a part of the biggest lesson aside from being filled with unconditional love that I realized that we had for her and the lessons that she taught us about being in your joy and seeing life as magical and wonderful like she did. And what a gift it is to have such love in your life. Um, Aside from all of that, I think one of the biggest lessons was, and I keep telling people this, what a gift. If we could spin this whole thing and end it on some kind of happy note is what a gift life is, truly. And I talked about this all that week in my yoga classes because it was so present for me, is what a gift life is. And that to grow old is such a privilege. You know, I had this conversation with my friend and she was turning 27 and she thought, meh, 27, not much of a fun age. God damn it. I just lost my dog and she was three and a half years old. I wanted more for her. I wanted her to live 10 more years, you know. I thought we had that. And we always think we do. You think, ah, it's not going to be me. I have forever. And you, we don't, you know. To, to, to grow old is a privilege. To live life is a privilege. 
And I can't say enough how much I've felt that in my heart and my soul these past couple of weeks. Just what a gift life is. What a gift her life was in our lives. And if you could just sit with that, you know, just breathe with that, that life is a gift. To grow old is a privilege. And just soak that in and live your life and love it with so much joy. Love big. Live big. You know, the medium told us that Luna kind of had this thought. She, Luna was saying, I didn't know that my life could be any different or any longer. This was my life, mom and dad. Like that's what the medium told us, Luna said. Like I have no regrets. This was my life. My life was short, but I didn't know any different. My life was three and a half years and I have no regrets. So life, her life might have been short, but it it was so big. And I know that she lived so full, maybe more than other dogs. So be like Luna, guys. Live your life so big and so full of joy and so full of love and just recognize your life for the privilege that it is. I really, I thank you guys so much for sitting and listening to this podcast. I know that it's it's been a lot longer than our normal one. I want to leave you with one quote here that is from Danielle Laporte. I always talk about her. You guys know this. And she, the you know, the, the week, I think, after Luna passed or the week of, she sent out a, an email. And, of course, the email was called The Goddess of Grief. And I thought, wow, that's fitting. And she said this about grief. And I think that it sums it up perfectly to end this podcast on grief as self-care. She wrote, Grief won't rest until you swallow the medicine she made, especially for you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you honey for being a part of this podcast i love you and you're the best dog dad around (laughs) thank you i love you too bye baby or not bye baby (laughs) (laughs) all right i guess i'll leave (laughs) now this is my home